0: Well, hello, this is me, Tracy Lee, I'm back in the wonderful city of Winnipeg, not too bad of a polar vortex after our wonderful uh, vacation and plus 25 weather for two weeks. Um, I'm hoping, I hope I don't jinx it, maybe the worst is over and we'll soon be looking at uh, considering some spring weather soon. Um, But anyway, it was nice to be away, it's always good to be back home though in the comforts of home. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting when, when I was coming home on the plane, I was going through some of the WestJet, uh, documentaries and that kind of thing. And I came across the, this one about Mattel and Barbie. And I was kind of interested to see that Barbie has actually turned 55. She doesn't look 55. She looks pretty good. <laughs> so hard to believe that Barbie's my age and, and simply that a toy could have that kind of longevity. And I, I just, you know, you think about how iconic Barbie has been in culture for so many generations. It's it's just baffling to me. And and the documentary was saying that Mattel stocks are in the tank because of Barbie, the, the whole brand, pretty much being out of favor. And, uh, you know, many of today's parents feel that Barbie the whole thing represents a lot of things that are wrong in the world some have even gone as far as saying that Barbie represents white supremacy which I thought was a bit extreme but their opinion of course and they're entitled to it and then there's always been that thing about whether you know does Barbie set unrealistic expectations when it comes to body type I mean come on does anybody have a 21 inch waist I don't know um i know for me i personally absolutely loved playing with barbies i played with them probably till i was about 13 which i'm sure i was picked on for doing that but um for me though the the favorite part of playing with barbies was it was like having little plays you know where you'd you'd act out characters and and i really liked all the accessories and setting up the furniture and all the you know the dishes and the coffee pot and all those really like cool little uh, accouterments that came with it and you know dressing up to go to work and all that and then I remember you know it was sort of like playing grown-up and driving around in the barbie convertible and and playing with my brother's GI Joe and I think he had the big gym doll he had a little sport camper and had all the all the little things the little toys that came with that as well and of course you know had to boss big jim and gi joe around a lot so you know i never aspired to be like barbie or or look or have a body like her at all so that wasn't an issue for me but i can certainly understand how it you know may have been with with other children and and parents and i guess what what mattel is trying to do now is develop even more dolls that are a more realistic representation of our world. So all colors, shapes, sizes, um, you know, sexual orientations, trying to be more aware of the uh, LGBTQ community and and just sort of being a little bit more in tune with what's going on in the world in, in hopes of reviving their brand. So you think about sort of the last 10 years and the rise of reality TV. And I sort of feel like this is what kind of came to me when I was watching this documentary is how much this sort of ties in with this whole, you know, representation and unrealistic and the whole Barbie image. And I was sort of thinking, it kind of baffles me that the cachet of a lawyer who represented an alleged murderer and a former Olympic gold medalist, their cachet sparked a whole new generation of women that ultimately have ended up representing, to me, that sort of unrealistic and unachievable image of beauty and body shape. You know, whether it be the fake boobs, the fake butts, the, the faces that kind of resemble Barbie in so many ways, there's not a mark on them. Perfectly still, you know, and and then they deny all the plastic surgery and the Botox and the lip injections and and all that. So, you know, it. But it's created this whole multi-million-dollar empire based on image, and you know, no one can fault them for their business savvy and their ability to sort of grab on to that comet as it was, you know, catapulting it to the sky. You know, but. Well, we think about that they're rolling in the dough, and we've got all these Instagram models that are imitating this beauty image, and I just feel like there must be a lot of young ladies that really feel lesser than, because they just don't feel that they'll meet up to a standard, now or ever. You know, a lot of them have gone for implants and, and different uh, procedures, and there's a, there's been botched butt implants and permanent droopy eyes and this whole resting bitch face from, you know, too many injection injections. And nobody seems to smile anymore. I You know, I just, I don't get it. Because to me, a smile is the most beautiful thing you can see. And it makes the person unique. And no matter what a, a person looks like, male, female, I just think a smile can make all the difference in the world, but that's just me. So, you know, really, if you look at this beauty industry and, and cosmetic plastic surgery injections industry, they're kind of reaping the financial rewards that perhaps Mattel has lost as their brand has been dropping. So, hey, it's good for the economy. I guess that's a good thing. And I think it's great if we want to look our best. You know, we all want to try to be pretty and present ourselves well, and it sort of helps with our own self-esteem if we look our best every day. But what does looking our best mean? You know, we're in this age now where it's almost like women are expected to only look one way. And that's that no movement in the face, Tons of makeup, uh, lots of foundation contouring, the big, big eyelashes, eyebrows on fleek, all of that. And I know that's, there's always been sort of this image there in society for as long as images have been around. You know, whether it was, you know, the voluptuousness of Marilyn Monroe or that sort of skinny heroin chic of Kate Moss. But now it's on our screens 24-7, it's available and it's fed to us to such a degree that do we start to believe that we all have to look the same to be deemed beautiful and to be loved and accepted. So how do we navigate all this reality? You know, look, I grew up in a time where red hair and freckles was considered the ultimate ugly. I was bullied, picked on, rocks thrown at me, beaten up, you name it. I remember dog treats being taped to my locker by nasty boys in grade eight or nine, whatever it was, you know, not being invited to the latest mean girl's birthday party and And they'd come right up and say, you know why you're not invited? Because you're too ugly, you know, like just horrible behavior. So I've sort of lived with that. You know, you're not good enough. You're not cute enough. You don't fit in. As a matter of fact, nobody likes you. I remember one girl, you know, calling me in grade nine and saying, we took a survey while you were off sick and nobody in the class likes you. (laughs) Who does that? Um, You know, unfortunately, that stuff still goes on today, and if not worse, because of social media. But you know what I did after crying myself to sleep most nights and feeling horribly lonely most of my childhood? Eventually, I, I started to rely on my personality. So my ability to walk up to anybody and talk with them, regardless of the outcome, knowing I could be shunned or picked on, or whatever, um, you know, I tried to sort of develop some smarts and some wit and, and have humor about me. Because for every nasty nickname, I would have a comeback. And that started to work for me. And, you know, as I got further into junior high and high school, I started to befriend sort of some of the other oddballs and misfits. And then expand my horizon And try to be friends with people from every walk of life. And get to know them for who they were on the inside. And hoping that they would appreciate me for who I was. You know, crazy, outgoing, giggly. You know, I just wanted to be happy and live my life. And as time went on, you know, particularly as I got into my maybe late 30s, 40s, now 50s. I've come to appreciate what makes me unique. And I don't want to be like somebody else. But it's tough because, you know, we're often told we're too fat, too thin, too aggressive, too passive, too much anything, or not enough, something else. But I think what we can do is just be ourselves. Sure, be the best we can be, look the best we can look but live in our own reality. Embrace the things that are different and unique and realize that our own bumps and bruises and fat rolls and wrinkles and alleged flaws are what make us special. There, there's just something about us looking ourselves and being ourselves, except that we're never gonna look like Barbie or a car jenner and nor should we want to. You know, they go through their own trials and tribulations, no matter how perfect their image may be. No matter how much plastic surgery or makeup or implants, they're still having their own garbage. Cheated on, marital breakups, you know, that doesn't fix everything. It doesn't make our life perfect at all. And I think really the trials and tribulations we've been through in our life really do better define us than the highlight rule of of our good times or highlight reel of our good times on Facebook and Instagram you know we all do that I mean we want to have those good photos and we all use filters you know I can't lie we all do it and we want to look pretty and we want to look good to people but I think that we really need to do more of that being open and showing people that we've go through tough times that we have them and show support to people that are going through them and show them that we can slog through and come out whether it was that we went through a weight loss journey or you know we did something on the inside that made us feel better on the outside and just strive to be something more sustainable whether it's being the best at whatever field we choose for our careers being a good friend, a good partner, good daughter, sister, mother, whatever our roles are, and be there for those who need us. And most of all, be there for ourselves. Keep that inner voice to a minimum. Remind ourselves that we are good enough. Display our character and our smarts and our humor when we need it most. Because honestly, at the end of the day, all the plastic, the injections, the butt implants, all of that stuff, it's not going to buy self-esteem. It's not going to make our lives more fulfilled. I think only loving ourselves and our wonderful uniqueness can. You know, the saying is, comparison is the thief of joy. And I agree with that. There's always going to be someone prettier, skinnier, funnier, smarter, richer in the world but there'll only be one you. So let's keep social media in perspective. Otherwise, we are going to lose sight of the crucial stuff that really matters. With all these distractions, we're not really focusing on what we can do every day to be the change we want to see in the world. We're really not helping ourselves to try to become these mutant robot alien blow-up dolls. There really has to be something more. So what can we do, not just for ourselves, but for others? It can be something really big or small. I find even just flashing a smile at someone as you're walking by them, opening the door for someone, letting somebody pass in traffic instead of being angry while we're on the road all the time. You know, let that person cut in and wave when when someone does the same for you. Buy someone a coffee, take a friend for lunch, lend a friend money, um, you know, do something that makes you feel good and makes them feel good. Because you know what? Sooner or later, we have to do a soul searching inventory because how we look on the the outside is not going to fix the inside. Everybody's going to find out the real us sooner or later. It might as well be sooner and let them see who we are and then they can decide if they like us or love us or don't like us at all because guess what there's going to be tons of people that don't like us so be it we might not like them either big deal we'll carry on we have the power to make our own reality whatever that looks like so let's take it to the next level thinking how we can define ourselves and the world around us by something more than just what we see on our screens, I think it'll make us better people. So till next time, I'm Tracy Lee. Thank you for listening to Life or Something Like It. And I look forward to next time. Take care.